This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelor. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. All right, everybody, listen, who knows where this conversation is going to go this morning. I've already had a bit of a cry, not going to lie. Just seeing this woman on the other side of the screen, I feel like she, you probably experienced this a lot in your career where people just start opening up to you and then they're crying and then they're laughing and then they're healing and all the things. She's nodding her head right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Usually that's sort of the way that it happens for me. And so it's kind of, it's interesting. It's very vulnerable being on the other side. I have to say, I prefer to be the one who's being cried to and having somebody speak to me versus being the one who's like, it's all falling apart. But hey, that's life. And that's where I'm at today. And so thank you for not judging and just, she's just so calm. She's like, it's okay. I got you. It's all good. You can cry. I am. My my students will know this, that I have one rule and it's never to apologize for crying. It just seems so silly to say, I'm so sorry I have feelings. <laughs> and so, yeah. But it so naturally just comes yes. through. I mean, I say the same thing to the people I work with, but it just came out of my mouth. It's like, I'm yeah. so sorry my face looks like this while I'm crying. I'm so sorry I can't hold it together. And yet, why do we do that? We don't apologize when we start laughing. We don't apologize when we're excited about something. It's just these hard, challenging emotions that we feel embarrassed by. Yeah, I mean, we're so deeply conditioned, especially as as females to, I mean, males too, gosh, that's a whole other story. I just only have a lived experience as a female. But yeah, I don't want to be perceived, or maybe this is actually an old story. I don't actually give a shit anymore. I didn't used to want to be perceived as too emotional and that meant too emotional and that I didn't have my shit together and that, you know, if I fell apart, who was going to catch me and I'm a failure and it just led to da-da-da-da-da-da. So it's so innate. It's so quick to cover up the thing that makes us feel like we're weak and it's not weakness. And I know that you know that and vulnerability is our power, but it's just so interesting how quickly it comes and shows up. It's like, whoops, sorry for being human. And that's so much been a part of my work in my adult life is to reclaim the sensitivity and, oh, I feel this. And tears contain cortisol. We get to release stress hormones from crying. It's a reset. It's so beautiful. The body is so wise. The body's going, we're feeling a lot. Let's actually get some of this out of you so that you can feel a little bit of a reset and regulate your nervous system, like Mm. how beautiful and wise our bodies are. I, I love all of that. And I feel that when I cry, I feel a release. I feel like the emotion, the, the, the feeling, whatever it is, moves through you like a wave. And then usually there's something waiting on the other side. It passes, right? You don't just start crying and never stop. But it's so, it's so interesting. I mean, I cry a lot at home. Like my husband now just sort of laughs at me in a loving way. He's like, Oh, okay. Here she goes again. <laughs> and, 
I don't care in front of him. But it's interesting when it's somebody that you don't know as well that that mm. brought up a lot of vulnerability for me right there. Okay, let's yeah. talk about why I was crying in the first place. Before I do that, let me introduce you to the individual who I'm talking to. Ali Maserol is here today. She's sitting at this open studio, which you've heard me talking about time and time again in Venice, California. Ali is a writer, an entrepreneur, a yoga teacher, leader, an author. Penguin Random House recently released her book, Girlvana, which I absolutely love. I'm not maybe the target market for this book, but I read every single word. And we're going to talk about Allie's work as a yoga teacher, her work with young women. And also, we're just going to dive into like some real talk here to start things off about failure, about enoughness, about the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. So Allie, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's so I already feel like this is the most refreshing conversation I've had in a long time. And we've been sitting here for, you know, under 10 minutes. So I'm just really grateful and love you and just have so much respect for the work that you do in the world. And it's just really special to see you and to chat with you. Thank you. Right back at you. So the reason I was feeling emotional is that I'm having, I can't even say it's a week. It's been like a challenging couple of months. And I say that with like the truth also being there's been so many incredible things happening, but we made the decision to let go of our childcare situation. So I've transitioned into being full-time mama for the first time since having my kids. Like I did not take a mat leave and was very resistant to like stepping into this role of full-time mom. And it just hasn't been making sense financially, really, is one of the biggest pieces for like seven years. So it was getting to the point where we couldn't really justify it. So that's a big piece. And it's challenging. And it's also been the best thing ever to step away from being behind my computer all day, every day. It's been so healing at a visceral level. And like, the kids are at the best age right now. So I'm really loving that. So that's one piece. My team, I have, it's completely all fallen apart, to be honest. Like, Literally, I've gone from having a team of like seven people to now me and two contractors and so many mixed emotions around that, but also like so many feelings of failure, so many feelings of not enough bubbling up, so many feelings of like straight up fear. Like, what am I going to do now? I don't even have a degree. I'm a health coach. All of a sudden, every limiting belief again coming to the surface of does what I do even matter? Am I delusional? Does anybody even listen to this podcast? Does anybody even care? Have I just built up a story in my head that what I'm doing is even remotely meaningful? Like literally, these are the things that I was thinking last night at 2am when I was lying in bed. And all of this is really coming to a head as of yesterday and had to have some hard conversations yesterday. Brooklyn had COVID this week. So add that into the mix. And it's just like, I'm in the pit. And I realized there's a lot of really good things going on in my life, but I'm having a hard time seeing them in this exact moment, (laughs) if I'm being real. So my question to you is, you literally have all your shit together. You're living in the coolest place in the world, teaching on this insane app that is crushing it, working with the NBA on building out their app. I mean, probably not as much right now, but speaking in Tokyo and like all these cool places and just released your book. Like, have you ever been in a place like this? 
So I feel like this is this game, like two truths and a lie. And like so much of what you said is true. And I would say the lie is like, I have all my shit together. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, thank you for sharing what's real for you. And I felt so much of myself and exactly what you're saying. I mean, I do not have children, but I have run businesses before. I have certainly felt like a failure many times over in my life and absolutely continue to question, does my work matter? And it's just really real. And often, you know, I think you and I are similar in the way it's like, yeah, this is really hard right now. And it's really messy and it's going to be okay. (laughs) It will. I know deep down it will, but like sometimes Mm -hmm. those thoughts get really loud. Yeah. And we want to like already glean the wisdom from it. And I think the older I get, the more I recognize like it's okay just to live in the mess right now. And it's okay to not have any answers or any solutions or know what the next steps are going to be. This is where I'm at kind of right now. It's like, it's also okay for things to end. And I have seen many of my businesses and things end. Some were because I wanted them to and others because it just didn't work. Mm. Um, And I think in so many of those deaths, grieving so many of these identity losses, and then it's like, yeah, here I am now in California thinking, okay, this is like a completely different life. Like, what (laughs) But you needed those things to fall away in order to get to where you are now. Yes, 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 yes. And the resilience that so much of my 20s and I'm 35 now, in early 30s, building these businesses and watching things crumble and achieve and think it led me here. And I'm really grateful for that. But gosh, was it messy and have shared so many similar thoughts. So I just want to say, you know, both can be true. It can be really hard and you can still feel hopeful. Yeah, I am oscillating between the two, like literally feeling so much better in some ways, like so much better cooking and going on walks and like being with my little kids during the day and not like behind a computer screen. And it's temporary in that Brookie goes back to, she starts kindergarten in seven, eight months. So there's a finite period of time. Like when they were born, I was like, I cannot be a stay at home mom for seven years. I'll go crazy. I will literally go crazy. Now I'm like, okay, I can show up and be here now. And I want to, But it's also like that, what you described, that death of that feeling of like grief when you lose somebody who you've worked with in your business for seven years. I was not good at setting up boundaries with the people that I work with. Like we're like best friends. Like they know everything about me. And I, that's just sort of how I operate in life. But I've learned a lot from that because there's just layers. This feels, I'm not going to lie, incredibly vulnerable. And even as I'm talking about all of this stuff, I'm like, I don't know if I can share this. I don't know if I can publish this podcast because like, what are people going to think about what's going on over here? But I know I will, because I know that for anybody who's listening, who's an entrepreneur, like this stuff is not easy. And I swear sometimes on social media, it can look like a company is succeeding or somebody's just flying. And I I really want you to know that, yeah, there have been so many incredible wins and I never post anything that's not true as to what's happening, but like you don't always see the really mucky shit that happens as well. 100%. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. 
Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code rawbeautytalks at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code rawbeautytalks. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. There's so much smoke and mirrors. I mean, you know this. You have so many lived experiences of when I am vulnerable, it is amplifying and expanding for people. And so your words today, when people listen to this, will be amplifying and expanding and allow other people to feel less alone. And it's something when I started my business I didn't have enough people around me that were starting businesses or were entrepreneurs. And I felt so lonely and like I was constantly doing everything wrong. And, and the more everyone has this, we all know this experience Mm -hmm. for me. I think now that I've had enough time as an entrepreneur, I understand like, okay, because if something feels like it's falling apart, something else is coming together over here. I might not know what that is right now, but I have enough trust that it's going to work out the way it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that now. Whereas I used to not, I used to cling so tightly and be so afraid if I made one wrong move, it's all going to disappear. And now it's like, okay, there's a reason why these things are falling apart or falling away or dying. There's something over here and I don't know what it is yet. It's like how I felt when I closed the district, I used to own a yoga studio in Vancouver for five years. We closed in 2018. It was so incredibly painful. And then some nights I'm walking down at the beach here in Venice and the sun is setting and I think, wow, I could never have imagined myself here. I had no idea this was around the corner. And I'm so grateful for the ending of that. And it's so beautiful. Like we said, that experience led me to this experience. And so there's such a deep level of trust that I that exists within me now because every time something died, something was born. Mm, I love that. I'm really working on creating little pockets to do my meditations to continue building 
a mindset of abundance and trust. And that's not where my brain automatically wants to go, but it has felt so healing and empowering to work on that, whether it's through the open app and like anytime I'm doing things like yoga or meditation or spending time in nature or just like slowing down and being mindful in the moment, I... I feel it. It's all there. Like the trust, the stability. I mean, there's no stability, but like a feeling of centered stability, like inner stability. It's when I detach from those things that the mind starts to wander and create all these stories and that the fear response is triggered in the body. And so I think a lot of people are in that space right now where there's a lot of fear being held in the body, anxiety, depression. So I would love to talk a little bit about some tools to support people when they're in these moments of transition or challenge, which we're all kind of in right now and have been for the last two years. Like nothing's been stable. I feel like there's new guidelines coming out every minute. We think we're going back to normal and then just kidding, we're not. And there's so much division between what's right and wrong right now. So what are some of the things that you find most helpful in times when you don't feel grounded, in times when emotions are strong? Yeah, I think for me, it's really understanding my nervous system. Like you said, when we are in stress response, fight or flight, what often is happening is we're breathing super shallow up into our chest, which is causing a ton of tension in our neck and our shoulders. Then it's creating this stress response. And then the body is breathing more rapidly and then it's sending stress response. And then the stress is causing the short breath and you're just in this cycle and it's all, you all can't see me, but it's literally in your chest and in your head and everything is swirling here. Honestly, everyone can do this right now. When you start to shift your breath into a slow nostril breath that fills the belly. I'm doing it right and now. And you exhale. Uh, yeah. And you relax your shoulders. We shift the nervous system into what we call parasympathetic nervous system. And this is our place of rest and digest. And it gets us out of our head and into our body. And that shift, those few breaths, that one breath is, and I'm someone who has suffered greatly with anxiety and depression. And to me, it's like, yeah, cold plunge and saunas and ice baths and, you know, plant medicine, all these, like you can go all these ways. But for me, I just needed to hear, can you just take one breath? And then that one breath is like one, one step. Then could you make your bed? Then can you get in the shower? You know, I really want to be careful in the tools that I share because we can get ahead of ourselves. And then that creates like, oh, I didn't do that thing I was supposed to do today. And then I'm a failure. One breath can take you lots of different places. Mm. And so for me, understanding where I'm at in my nervous system, like, okay, I'm having a stress response. Someone said something, I'm taking it the wrong way, or I'm afraid walking to the car at night, or I read an email before bed, or it's just these catching ourselves in these little moments of, oh my God, my whole body is in fear right now. I'm clenching, I'm holding on. And that's how often so many of us are living our lives, like gripping (laughs) so hard. If I can soften, shift my nervous system, calm down, then I can respond to life versus react to life. This to me, it seems really simple, but it's been so life-changing. And it's not to say that I don't get it wrong because I got it wrong, very much got it wrong yesterday. I drove across the city to go to UPS. They didn't have my package. I yelled at the guy at the phone. I came home, (laughs) picked a fight with my husband, told him all the things that I was upset about. It was all his fault. And then I proceeded to wail, cry, like scream, cry, wailing. And he was just like, 
what is happening? <laughs> it was so dramatic. He got into a meeting. I had to go to work. And then when I finally got here, I took some breaths and I was like, oh, I'm actually not upset about the thing I'm upset about. And what's happening right now is actually a friend of mine is going through something really intense and was attacked. Um, and I have a similar story and it really unearthed some really deep trauma. I wasn't willing to look at it last week. This week, it hit me like a ton of bricks. So am I mad at the UPS guy? No. Did my husband do anything wrong? No. Did I need to cry and wail my brains out for some reason I didn't understand in that moment? Yes. And when I was able to come back, I was like, okay, this is now I can respond to life. Okay. I need to call my therapist. I need to apologize to my husband. I don't have that UPS guy's phone number, but if he's listening, I'm really, really sorry. Uh, to that man, <laughs> but it allows me, and and I'm quicker at it. It's, so it's not mm-hmm. that it's not going to happen because it happened. It was a whole scene. I was a mess, but when I was able to come back home to myself through my breath, which is the gateway. Okay, what do I need right now? Okay, this is actually what's surfacing. So, to me, the tool is breath, and it's so interesting. I've been teaching yoga for fifteen years. Breath is obviously a part of the yoga practice, but my connection to breath since I actually joined Open, we are deep. I mean, the core of our work is surrounding breath, and since then, I've done so many trainings. I've been so deep into my own research and understanding breath away from the practice of yoga and even away from the practice of meditation, but just the simplicity of the breath and then manipulating the breath patterns, which we'll call breath work to have desired effect. You want to wake up and energize. You want to calm down and deregulate. You want to balance yourself. Like we have a breath work practice for that. And it's so amazing. And the state shift is so fast and it's so effective that if you don't have time to get on your mat for 90 minutes or you are too anxious, truly too anxious to even close your eyes to get into your body and meditate. To me, breath work is like this beautiful in between, which is the thread through not just these practices, but our life, life. truly our life force. And so that's why I'm so passionate about what I teach with, with breath work and, and how that bleeds into the way I teach meditation and yoga and how I live my life. And as someone who suffered greatly, deeply, deeply from asthma um, my whole life, feeling like I couldn't breathe, afraid of breathing, afraid of taking in life, it's truly been so revolutionary. And no one knows, like 80% of the population is breathing incorrectly. And I'm like, wow this is free. <laughs> it's right here. And you can do that anytime. It doesn't cost anything. That has been my biggest tool. And I have always been about accessibility and how wellness can be accessible. You don't need the right clothes and the outfit and this and the that. You just simply have to just breathe through your nose. So that's a very long-winded answer, but that would be step number one in the toolkit. I mean, breath work, the potency of this, whether you are doing a two-minute session, which this is the thing that I love most about Open, which I know I'm talking about a lot, but I really do love this app. You can go in and do like a two-minute wake up breath work practice, or you can do a five minute calm down practice, but they're bite size. I've also done breath work sessions. Like I've done more of like a ceremonial breath work session with Kate Horseman, which was a really cool experience. And more regularly, we'll also do Wim Hof's 10 minute breath work session. Like there's so many breath work options to explore depending on your comfort and curiosities. And so I'm totally. so glad that you brought this one up because 
I agree. It's not talked about enough. I'm hearing about it more and more, and I think it will be the next wave of wellness that we're really focused on. I agree. I absolutely agree. Years and years and years ago, I did a transformational breath work Skype. This is like how long ago it was because we were using Skype, Skype <laughs> yeah. with this woman, Tracy Keogh, who actually used to live in Vancouver. Maybe some of you listening um, know her. And she reached out to me and I like had a really bad strep throat or mono or something. I was so sick. And she was like, I really feel called to like share this practice with you. And it was transformational breathing or active breath work in about. <sighs> yes. And I think I did. we did like 35 minutes or maybe 45 minutes or something. And it was wild. And I sobbed and my hands clenched and my whole body was numb. And I was like, what's going on? And it was yeah. super, super powerful. And I was like, I don't want to do that again. But it was amazing. <laughs> and then cut to, you know, a year and a half ago, I joined Open and uh, Active Breathwork is is the foundation of what we teach. And our CEO, Rad Kawaja, taught a class in San Francisco. That was where our version one studio was. So I moved from New York to San Francisco to join the team. He led this experience, but with sound and uh, big gong and chimes and beautiful crystal bowls. And it was so immersive and it was to like incredible music. Like I'm, I come from an extensive dance background and just like breathing to like this, like just in beautiful music. And I was like cracked wide open and have essentially been training as a facilitator in this and teaching this. And so we like Canada here going in and out of restrictions. So we have been teaching in person and then not right now and then yes. hopefully coming back, but been teaching yeah, active breath work on the beach here in Venice in our beautiful community space as well. And people have such profound experiences. You can go to yoga class and go, okay, that was that was great. Oh, I feel better in my body, but oh, I'm not really that flexible and that was challenging. Or go to meditation and think, I don't know, I was in my head the whole time. Was that right? Was that wrong? You go to breath work, you have no choice but to have an experience because your body on a physiological level is changing so rapidly. You're offloading all this carbon dioxide. You are alkalizing the pH in your bloodstream. You are unearthing all of the stagnant energy from your body. And I mean, I have gone so many places in breath work that have been ultimately so incredibly healing and profound. And so I feel like I've tapped into a completely new modality of, of what has been completely life-changing for me. It's so cool. I had the same experience doing the breath work with Kate where it's like you are no longer in your, your head. You're no longer in your mind. You are so in your body and there's some incredibly deep healing and like some really profound messages that came through as well. When you're able to quiet yeah. it, it's like your intuition can become so loud. I'm still working through what I heard last time, which is, was just the word baby, 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 like coming out loud and clear, but like, I'm done. I'm done having kids now. <laughs> so I'm like, what? Why? Why is that the message? Anyways, we will see. I will keep everybody posted. We'll go from there. It's just so cool. Okay. I'm so glad that you brought up breath work. And I really want to encourage, does the open app have like a seven day trial or something? If people are curious about just so trying it. We actually, yeah, we actually have a February challenge coming up every month. Essentially, we have a 30 day challenge. It's essentially 30 days free on the app. So you don't have to do the challenge if you don't want to. The challenge is like you said, there are practices on the app that literally are one minute long. Like everyone has yes. one minute. If you can just commit 
to one minute a day, but we have, you know, transformational breathwork practices that are 30 minutes long, but we also have everything in between from HIIT, Pilates, yoga, restorative yoga, breathwork, and that's both upregulating, downregulating. So there truly is something for everyone on the app. Very cool. Okay, I want to change gears just a little bit and talk about this body of work that you've obviously been so called to for so long, which is working with young women, teens. Your book, Girlvana, is written for these self-identified women, Gen Z, and you share a lot of tools in this book and you've hosted many retreats for girls to go on to learn things like yoga and breath work and community and connection and sharing vulnerably. What have you learned about young women and what are you seeing right now that they're struggling with the most? It's a great question. I think that, so I started Girlvana when I was 24. So it's been 11 years. And at that point, I was working with millennials. I was working with our generation. Mm -hmm. And then through the course of that work, started working with Gen Z. And I feel like when I started in 2010, whatever year that was, it was almost like I was introducing the concept of self-love. Yeah, And it was like, what do you mean? And I'm like, there's this thing where you actually could love yourself. <laughs> and it felt really like revolutionary yes, 11 years it ago. Was. Because we weren't talking about that. Now with Gen Z, it's like, first of all, duh. And, <laughs> you know, <Hello>. the, <laughs> the vocabulary that young people have around mental health is so much greater than what, I mean, I didn't even know what the word anxiety, what truly thinking back, it's what I had, Me too. but I did not have a word for it. No, I had no idea. And therapy was like something you did if you were really messed up yeah. or, you know what I mean? I'm saying this in air quotes, but it's not the truth, but you know, it's like, it was so stigmatized and dramatized like you had to see the high school counselor it was like ooh, like it just now young people are just like have a rolodex of like you know <laughs> modality to my acupuncturist yeah yeah and like I felt like I was really like trying to sell young people on yoga when I started like going into high school gyms into girls PE classes and being like a salesperson for yoga like here's why you should care about yoga and now we have like young people like practicing on the open app all the time like it's just so much more accessible I think for young people now, I mean, gosh, their worlds are so much bigger with social media and living through a pandemic and um, climate change and, you know, the civil rights movement of today. It's like their minds are and hearts are so much more expanded. I mean, I had no idea. I was like, were we recycling? Maybe. Like we just, there was not that same type of consciousness around really the biggest problems that exist in the world. And so I'm finding like the conversations I have with young people now are so much more nuanced and profound. How are they coping? Like these are big things that we're talking about that I find stressful and overwhelming in moments with a developed brain that has lived for 36 years, which is still young. This is challenging when you're a teenager and you are your brain is still developing. Like your emotional regulation is still getting sorted out. You have surges of hormones. Like how are teens doing in your perspective? I mean, I see such a small percentage of the world of teens um, through my work, but I think that maybe what's shifted in what I'm teaching actually is like practices that feel more cathartic and deeper releases. Like there's so much information coming at you. It's like hard to just like 
come to down dog and do something <laughs> slow. Like I actually feel like teens need to scream. When I talk about teens, I'm like talking about all of us. Like yes. teenagers are human beings, but like screaming and stomping and yelling and breath work and movement, like just things that feel a little bit more like catharsis because we've just compounded so much heaviness and isolation and fear in our body that I think we need more, especially women where we don't always have access to our rage, opportunities to really clear out. I think a lot of my teens have really beautiful journaling practices, like the power of putting pen to paper and heart through pen. So I really think that expression. It's all about expression and not keeping these things trapped and locked inside your head and your body, but truly having avenues to express yourself. And I think young people are way more vulnerable and transparent than certainly I ever was or had the permission Mm -hmm. to be. Yeah. And that's the beauty of social media. I mean, you are on this side of social media where you put such beautiful things out and people relate to them. There is way more for young people to find themselves in. And yes, they can find themselves in some other stuff that's toxic and bad. We know that side of the internet, but there is a side of the internet where they are learning and growing and having representation and feeling like they can see themselves in the world. Mm, I love that. That's such a hopeful answer that you just gave. I'm really glad you weren't like, fuck, they're all like super anxious and about to like jump. Yeah. I mean, well, there is that side of it too. The suicide rates for teen girls are up, you know, there is this other side of it too. And that's why I'm so passionate about doing the work that I'm Mm -hmm. doing. It's why I wanted to write a book to kind of crystallize more of this information so that young people have access to these things. There is another way. Yeah. Yeah. I think for any mamas who are listening right now or individuals who work with young women or, you know, teachers, nurses, health professionals, yoga instructors, like we all have those young women around us who are looking to us, looking up to us. One of the things that I always focus on, especially when I start to worry about my daughter is like remembering to take care of myself as best as I can to do my healing work and to find ways to express throughout like these challenges to talk things out to write to move like whatever it is that I'm needing and remembering that they're absorbing so much just by seeing us do that you talking about these girls knowing what self-love is and knowing what yoga is they're learning that from someone they're seeing that on social media and around them that's how they're they're familiar with it. So rather than taking on the responsibility of trying to control and shape the reality for somebody else, can you focus on on yourself and, and really giving yourself permission to do totally. the work? And, you know, a lot of girls aren't going to have mothers like you, you know, um, but maybe there's like a cool teacher at school or, you know, a soccer coach or aunt or, you know, and, and I really encourage people because like, oh, I'm so disconnected from young people or, you know, but if you know someone in your life, just even having a safe space to talk to, that's really all this work is. It's the opportunity to see and hear and value this young person's voice because we don't always know if they're getting that at home or in their friend group. And I think with me, with Gravana, like to me, it's just seed planting. Like now I've been doing this work so long that like I have literal adults who were teenagers, you know, they used to come to me in like 10th grade and now they're like in fully functioning relationships living on their own, which is so wild. (laughs) And, you know, they'll come back or send me a DM and go like, gosh, all those things that you said way back when they are cornerstones of my life now. These practices are the only things that help me. And so that's the cool part is like watching these young people grow up. 
mm-hmm. with these practices. They are, it's why I started. I wish I was meditating at 14. Are you kidding me? That would have changed my entire life unequivocally, but that's okay. That's the reason why I started. Well, I'm so grateful for you for planting so many seeds and I've been watching you do it from afar and also like getting to come into district to talk to those girls was such a special moment for me. And so I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing and how you're, you're showing up in the world. And I can't thank you enough for being here today and opening up. That story was so healing for me to hear about you raging at the UPS person and your husband (laughs) and just made me think about last night, like lying in bed and my husband put on a body scan. And so we're listening to this meditation and all like, I just, the tears started flowing out of me and He kept looking over, but it was dark in the room. And then he kind of like huffed, like, and then he fell asleep within two seconds. And then I was pissed because I'm like, how does he falling asleep when I'm just like falling apart over here and crying and stuff? And then he got up in the morning and he's like, why were you breathing so loud while we were doing that body scan? I was just like, she's being so dramatic over like, I was like, I was crying. I'm like, you're the most unsensitive person ever. And then we like took our coffees and stomped off to our respective rooms. So it's a good reminder to me that it really, truly wasn't anything to do with him and just a lot of emotions there. And like the people in our wheelhouse, they're caught up in whatever storm or clear skies or rainbows or rain, whatever's happening, they're in it with us. So I'm going to go down and tell him that I love him dearly and that I'm in a little bit of a a stormy day and I'm sorry if he gets caught in that every once in a while. (laughs) I think that's great. And that's what relationship is. You know, we're not going to get it right all the time, but I really think it's our ability to uh, calm ourselves down and go, okay, what what did I really mean? What's really going on here? And then how can I help myself? And the reality is, is like, no one is coming to save us. And I think about this so often, even though we I know. And even though we think it's going to be our husband or a mom or whoever, and it's like, okay, no, I'm actually responsible for what's going on inside here. And I can't just be a human being spouting all of this drama all the time and accept, make everyone deal with it. Like I have to be responsible here. So, you know, calm down and you do the apology thing connect and hey, hey this is what's really going on and you can find the compassion and that's what makes the relationship so beautiful I think is like <laughs> I do being too. able to come back and say whoopsies <laughs> <laughs> just kidding that wasn't me yeah. that was like yeah. that was my nervous yeah, we system don't we don't know her <laughs> Ali do you think you could finish this off today by taking us through like a one minute or even 30 second breathwork exercise so that as yes. everybody wraps up this conversation, we can all go back out into the world a little bit closer to our best self and a little bit more grounded and centered. Yeah, you bet. So I think let's do box breathing because I think even if you're driving, you could do box breathing. But if you're driving, don't close your eyes. But if you're not (laughs) driving, if it feels safe and comfortable to do so, go ahead and close your eyes and just take a normal breath in through your nose and Really allow for your belly and your lower ribs to expand. And as you exhale, you can just breathe out through your mouth and just here's some energy. You do that a few more times and really allow for your body to soften. Drop the shoulders away from the ears. Really let your belly out and really let the skin soften around your face and your jaw. 
And then meet me on the exhale. So next time you breathe all the way out, I'm going to count the breath for us. So you're going to inhale through your nose for one, two, three, four, and you're going to hold your breath, two, three, four. You're going to exhale through the nose, two, three, four, and then you're going to hold the breath, two, three, four. Inhale, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four. Inhale, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four. Last round in. Hold. Exhale. And hold. And keeping your eyes closed, you can just return your breath to just a regular, slow nostril breathing. And just notice how you feel. I'm just relating that when we concentrate on the breath, it allows us to get out of the mind and into the body. And box breath is really simple. It's a really beautiful, easy visual for most of us. So something you can return to at any part of your day. And it's just really balancing. So if you're feeling really anxious, really nice to come in. If you're feeling a little lethargic, it's a nice way to bring the energy up. So just a really beautiful balancer. When you're ready, you can open your eyes and, um, yeah, just move on with your day just in a way that you can continue to respond to life instead of react. And if you get it wrong, it's absolutely fine. Find a way to come back to settle and then do what you need to do. Oh, my God. I needed this conversation. I needed you in my life today. I am so <laughs> grateful for you. I'm so grateful for everyone who's listened along. Thank you for holding space for all my big emotions and feelings today and for joining Allie and I. Allie, where can everybody find you when they, I know they're going to want more. <laughs> yeah. So a few places. I'm just Allie, A-L-L-Y-M-A-Z on Instagram and then Girlvana Yoga on Instagram. And then open, we kind of have a funny Instagram. It's really hard to explain, but I'm sure you can put it in the notes. I will put it in the show notes. Find us. There's a few like underscores in there that are a little challenging, but I mean, you can find open through, through my Instagram and then we're just open.com, but all of the letters have a dash O dash P dash E dash N. And yeah, I'd love to see you on the app. I teach live classes on the app. So live stream, like I literally can see when you're, you can turn your camera on, you can pop in, we can chat. And then there's a massive on-demand library with these really short bite-sized practices. So whether you're just looking for something intimate, you and the app, or really looking for community, we have such a beautiful community that shows up to these live stream classes. So mm -hmm. there's really something for everyone. Amazing. And don't forget, there's that 30-day free option. Everyone should be taking advantage of that. Ali, I can't wait to give you a hug in person and to come to the Open Studio in Venice and all of the things. Until then, sending you so much love. Mwah. Mwah. Thank you, my love. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, 
It's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.